Hello. And hello for me too. My name is Trevor. And my name is Matthew. And welcome to the Movie Brothers. Once again, we're here for this week. Matt, our theme. Our theme is fantasy. Fantasy, it's awesome. So th- we're gonna change up a little bit this time. This time we're only gonna do two movies total. We got a good movie and a bad one. We're gonna review them and we're gonna have fun. And uh, we're just gonna open some prayers. Lord God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the many blessings you gave us. And we ask that you lead us and guide us and protect us through the rest of this evening, the rest of the day, and the rest of the weekend, the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Okay, so our first so. Jumping right into it, our first bad movie is Aragon. Yep. <sighs> though, though as a kid, completely, I didn't see, didn't seem too bad though. It wasn't as I mean, good right? as Lord of the Rings. Oh no! But it's like as a kid, I think that movie was more geared towards kids, honestly. Even the book a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought the dragon in that was, I thought she was beautiful. Yeah, so did I. But so, yeah. it's just the rest of it. So the basic plot of this is, when a farm boy named Aragon played by Ed Spielers, lives in a world ruled by an evil king and former dragon rider, King G. Galbatorex. Played by John Malkovich. Is a dark is a dark and dangerous place. He soon discovers a, st- a quote-unquote stone. But guess what? That stone's not a stone, Matt. It's a dragon egg. It's a beautiful blue dragon egg, and it hatches, and grows up really fast, honestly. I would love to see, like, more age progression, honestly, yeah. but... Into- she grows into the uh, fully grown dragon named Safira. Played, what? Played by Rachel Weiss. Soon he meets his uh, mentor Brom, played by Jeremy Irons, and it's up to this trio to beat the evil king and save the kingdom. Now, like like we said, this as a kid when I first watched it, I thought it was awesome, but growing up, looking back right now, I see the flaws. And what's the one flaw in this movie, Matt? Number one flaw. Just um, cliches and just uh, really like um, not enough of like character and all basically to and get, keep it going. Yeah. Though a few good moments. Like, There's you know. some good moments. It's just it's just like the same old tired and true ancient medieval story we've seen. Hero gets hero's normal hero's hero, journey. Hero's journey, but they could have done it a little differently. Yeah. I mean. But one thing I thought, and I watched it, was watching this one reviewer, and I completely agree with him. The dragon should not have talked. Huh. Is that so? So in the novels, he, she didn't talk. She I did, didn't. Well, technically, they not talk like t- they communicate by telepathy. I didn't know if I didn't read the books, but yeah, this is based off a really long book that that you said the guy made in high school. Yeah, the uh, the one the author who wrote it, like um, apparently he wrote it when he was like at a young age and all. So. It didn't exactly get a completely amount of good reviews and all. It was good enough, but I mean, to write that big of a novel in that, at that age in high school is quite yeah. impressive. It's quite impressive. And to even get publicized like this. Yeah. And I think there's two other books in the, in the whole series? There's, I think, three more in all, maybe. I don't remember. I did actually look up uh, about the whole, the whole um, inheritance cycle, I think the series is called. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, the only... I mean, don't get me wrong. High school age, that long of a book... Impressive. Yep. Oh, but just compared to other fantasy stories we've seen today with Game of Thrones, Lord of the Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Oh, that thing, that series could have been so much better, you know. Exactly. 
just ugh. and yeah it was just for me the one thing because i watched this one guy take the movie and remove the dragons talking in it like telepathy talking the emotions you see deliver the message more than the talking does hmm. it's one of those monsters like, like show don't tell where um you mean where like aragon's still talking to the dragon but like um he somehow he still can communicate but we don't know what the dragon's saying exactly like um the one moment like one, remember one moment in the movie where he's talking about where she's talking about one of the you former know writers now that i think of it you're right yeah if if all those moments still where Aragon was talking to him, but yet, like, so we didn't hear what Safira was saying, it, we still get the message pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, the emotions, show, don't tell. And that's what I liked about it. Um, but honestly, the rest of the movie, it had good action. I'm not gonna lie. But some of it, it just got boring a little bit in some parts. Yeah. The good parts, though, however, were Jeremy Irons and the guy who played um, The Shade. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and the one who played Galvatorax. John Malkovich. Yeah. But for me, it was the ending. I wish they wouldn't have left it like, oh, we're going to do another movie. Here's yeah, a big I surprise. I know that cliffhanger and all. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the dragon the Galvatorx has is like an eldritch abomination equivalent to the of the novels. Oh, my God. <laughs> but please, though, I've seen even worse or worse. Yeah, there's a... <clears throat> and we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But how can it be improved for... I'm going to go, go first. Follow the book. Now, I don't know how much of the book it followed or how much it deviated away, but I would love to see it follow the book more because I'm like one of those people where it's like, here's the book, follow it. And another thing for me, actions speak louder than words. And also dialogue, like better script more than anything completely because obviously they can't really change too much and all, but one thing they can change is having, is having, is they could have had a better script, better oh, yeah. writing. It was just, yeah, the dialogue was just not there. It, and a lot of it was just the normal kind of dialogue that you would expect from these movies, which was bad. I would have loved to have seen some kind of better dialogue in it, like you said. And for me, another thing is don't repeat. Do not do the cliches. Deviate from the cliches. Do something different. And then, and like I said, my last thing, have more action, more have more action and less talking. Yeah. And action which is actually authentic and not, like, crappy looking. Yeah. So that's also the thing. Some of the battle scenes, just, when I look back again, just there was something off about them a and few times. I do, I will give the movie this. I did love Sylvia. I did love that dragon. She was beautiful. Sephira. Sephira. She was beautiful. She was elegant. But she's also kind of had that power behind and her. And witty. Very witty. <laughs> yeah. Very, very Okay. It's not so bad from up here. Not so bad at all. <laughs> yeah, because you're the one that's flying. <laughs> okay, and now that we've gotten through the, now we've gotten through that movie, let's get on to one of our the greatest movies. Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. You guys probably thought it was Lord of the Rings, didn't you? Yeah. Well, at first we were tempted to do either Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter and all, but we kind of feel as though that a lot of you guys have heard so many reviews about them, and pretty yeah. much. Of all fantasy films and all, those are pretty much some of the only things that can be chosen as some of the best in all so, and everything, aside from Game of Thrones, which is, which is a TV series. But we all. decided to go with How to Train Dragon because it is a fantasy movie, a different kind of fantasy yeah. movie, but a fantasy movie nonetheless. What? So, I'll give it to Matt to start off with the plot. Oh. How to Train Your Dragon, and I'll read it off. 
The protagonist, Hiccup, is a, is a young Viking boy who lives on the island of Burke, where men are tough, women are tougher, and dragons are evil, destructive, livestocking, livestock pillaging uh, pests that must be destroyed on sight. Hiccup wants to prove his worth, particularly to his father Stoic, the Viking chief, but he is gawky and brainy in a society that values brawn. Mm-hmm. Then, one night during a raid, Hiccup manages to bring down the most elusive, feared dragon of all, a Night Fury. Of course, nobody believes him, since no one's ever seen one, much less injured it. So Hiccup has to go alone and find the creature so he can kill it and prove his claim. It was a really good seed, yeah. though, Hic- Hiccup but, with his journey. But when he finds the crippled dragon, all he can see is a wounded, frightened animal. He frees the dragon which he names Toothless, and thus begins a clandestine friendship. As Hiccup nurses Toothless back to health, they form a bond of trust, and ultimately they become inseparable, an inseparable flying fighting pair. Yeah, what makes this movie good? Oh, I think it, just the characters. Oh, and no. There's, if there's anything that makes this movie good, yeah, there's characters, but it's the one word. Friendship. Yes. Just Forbidden the, friendship. The bond you see between Hiccup and Toothless just it grows, and, and it melts your heart. Especially when you first see how you think Night Fury is going to be evil, but it turns out to be a very loyal, very obedient uh, dragon, and, and it's and very and adorable too. <laughs> you can't help with the normal the eyes. Yes. the eyes. The eye, I love the eyes in these movies with all the dragons because he's just like they're so expressive, especially Toothless. Toothless's eyes. Yeah, some, one moment on, he's a little terrifying with like the normal like old eyes. You know, like how a cat when it's angry, its eyes kind of like get all thin, like um, vertically. That's the same thing with him with the toothless. But when he's all sweet and all, his eyes get as big as it as a puppy and a cat. Ooh. I think one thing I do like also is I like Hiccup's voice actor. The choice they picked for him. Oh because yeah. Because it everybody's voice acting is good. I thought it was funny because it's like. He was trying to be the big, strong, hero, yeah. heroic guy, but the voice actor they picked was perfect because I didn't believe him. Wait, who who was it anyway? Um, I forget I, the voice actor, I but to, I, for- uh, I forgot to put down the actor's name in my in my writing it's script. Fine. It's fine, oh, well. but it's like that voice actor they picked for Hiccup. I I loved him because it's just like when he was trying to act all stoic and stuff with you know I I'm gonna get a dragon I'm just gonna kill it you know and the. It was so good because I didn't believe him. But anyway, ultimately, like, my favorite scene in the movie would have to be just the forbidden friendship scene when, like, um, Hiccup is, like, uh, back at uh, Toothless again. He's trying to bond with him again and all, like, feed him. But um, Toothless won't exactly let him touch him, so he starts drawing, like, Toothless on the ground with a branch. Toothless sees, he starts trying to draw himself, too, but uh, with a big uh, tree, but ends up failing. Nevertheless, though, he thinks it's good enough. It's all squiggly lines, so Hiccup tries to walk over towards him and all, but, like, every time when he steps on the uh, lines... Ah. Yeah, he gets defensive, and it's... However, Hiccup just simply steps over the lines, but ends up having to, like evade all of them, and he accidentally ends up right in front of Toothless. Mm-hmm. A little scared and all, but taking a leap of faith, he just holds out his, extends his hand, his arm, averting his eyes away so as to show him that he doesn't mean him any harm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Toothless himself, reluctantly, just nudges his uh, head forward and nudges his palm. And that's and when... Just, 
And the uh, soundtrack in the background just truly sells a scene that this is just... The soundtrack is also amazing in this. It's just a bonding moment and all. I uh, Yes. At that moment is just like... You knew at that moment, alright, they're they're together. They're inseparable. They're friends. And like, and it's like you said, the soundtrack in this is amazing. I think the, my favorite soundtrack moment is when they're first flying together. And like... Oh, yeah, the ocean. oh yes! And uh, first flight. And how about the scene where like, uh, like um, where they're running the test run, where they've really like starting to master it all, but then suddenly like uh, when things go wrong, and then they're forced to like go on speedy uh, flight through a bunch of rocks and all, and they yes. have to go through quick thinking and all, and just it's exciting and everything. And I just like the CGI in that is beautiful. Yeah, CGI convincing, really beautiful. And it was just when they were flying, like I said, that ocean when they're flying, the music, the CGI, it's just. You got enamored in that world. It was beautiful. And I gotta say, the, the plot twist that they had about the dragons on Dragon Island oh, in the fog. yes. That was... I didn't expect that. I thought that, you know, I thought, oh, these dragons just kill them to survive. Oh, no. I'm not gonna reveal much, but they're not the ones that have... They're the ones that are not eating the food. That's all I'm gonna say. Yep. If you want to know what happens, see the movie for yourself. Yeah, more than anything. Yeah, the other parts too. Witty dialogue with very humorous humor, and again, super, very well made characters in all. In all, like all of them, really well come out. Mm-hmm. Just the amazing score. And just yeah, they. I like Hiccup because it was How? the journey of growing up. Uh huh. And you saw him go from this. Oh, I'm just, I want to kill Vikings because my dad wants to be a Viking. But you see him grow up and change the whole village, showing that these dragons, they're not evil. They could be friends. Yeah. Now, how it can be improved. Ultimately, the series is really doing pretty well. DreamWorks just knows how to, like Pixar, knows how to take their time in between movies. Yes. Like, the first, first movie was released in 2010. Then, like, there was TV series. Second movie. TV 20, series was awesome. 2014. <laughs> And then the next one apparently is supposed to be released in 2019. And I hope it's going to be as good because it, I've heard rumors that there's so many different plot lines. Yeah. However, there are some things that could use improvement and all, basically. I haven't seen the TV series, but I have seen some parts of it. But from what I've seen and all, what they need now is truly an antagonist that is pers- very, that really strikes a very personal toll to Hiccup and Toothless. Oh, yes, you I know? agree. Because... Um, the antagonists from the uh, first film and the uh, antagonists from the second film were good ones and all. I thought the second one in the second film, that antagonist was just, she was crazy, he was nuts, but he struck fear in your heart. Yeah, he did. Just the way he talked, the way he stands, the way he just presented himself. But just ultimately, though, uh, Drogo with Droga, Dargo was uh, just... He could have been done a Drago. little bit better. Drago, Drago, was, uh, Drago Bloodfist could have been done a little bit better. I agree with you. It's here. just that you see, like, you know, an antagonist that really, like, puts in... Needs to be really just, like, one that takes an emotional torment on the protagonist. Yes. Let me give an example. The Joker on the Batman. Exactly. Because the Joker is not just simply some crazy uh, clown and all. He represents everything that Batman isn't and what he mm-hmm. despises. Batman is uh, basically what you call an anti-nihilist who... Knows that nothing really does matter in the end, kind of. Well, maybe not completely a nihilist and all. But he sees the fact that even though there, if there's nothing that matters in the end, he still wants to do what's right. I agree with you. But, but uh, Joker is a straw nihilist. So, therefore, the Joker just represents everything else and says everything is just one big demented gag. Yeah. So, with Hiccup, 
hiccups represents something about like friendship between the humans and dragons. Well, that's already been explored in the second film, but yes, hard to pick out like what but kind no, of villain. I, I agree with you though. It's like they need to improve a little bit on the villains, but overall, well, I think still they do pretty well in the villains. But yes. just again, something that really would like an, an antagonist that would surpass the first one from the first film, the, the second, second one, one, and also the TV series too. The TV series has really good villains. Uh, oh, yeah. I think my favorite one was... It was another dragon. It was the Screaming Death. There's also that nutty uh, lunatic. I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, well, he has a, here's one of his lines. Oh, goody! A challenge! I think I remember him. All right. So that's going to be all for this week with our podcast. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, next week is going to be one of my personal favorites. We're doing monster movies. Oh! We're going to choose a good one and a bad one. So, our final thoughts on this. Aragon could have been done a lot better. And How to Train Your Dragon, keep going, but make make a villain that's rememberable. Yeah, that will make the uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3, assuming it's the final film, a truly grand finale that really makes it go out without a, with, a, with a bomb. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day, and thank you for this podcast. Uh, thank you for all the listeners. And we ask that you let this podcast get out to more people. And we we ask that you let us have a great evening tonight. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you and God bless.